Now, I don't want to send anyone into a panic, but as of today, there are only seven days until Christmas. If you haven't found that perfect gift for that special someone, guys, friends, it is time to get a move on. I'm curious, how many of you would consider yourself a good gift giver? How many of you feel like you strike out most years with your gifts? Uh, for me and my wife, my wife's love language is not gift giving. And so whenever I go and I buy something expensive or lavish, one time I bought her an iPhone, another time I bought her uh, a, a variety of different things, it just always seemed to strike out because for her, she just wasn't into really expensive and lavish gifts. I'm curious, do you kind of feel the same whenever you're trying to buy someone a gift? Well, here's the thing. I want to help you out this year with your last minute shopping. So I did a little research uh, to find out the most popular items on everyone's wish list this year. Now, according to the National Retail Foundation, uh, they pulled together some data and they gave us the top three gifts people are interested in. So if you're curious, if you're still shopping, here you go. The third most wished for gift is books and other media with 35% of gift receivers hoping for this kind of gift. How many of you would be happy out there to receive a subscription or streaming service? I, I got me some HBO Max, some Amazon Prime, Netflix, like you name it. We probably in our household have a streaming service and would love a subscription to one of those things for like six months, not just a month. That's cheap. Don't do that. The second most wished for gift is clothing and accessories with 52% of people wanting that type of gift. But do you think the most wished for gift is... Uh, let's say toys, let's say electronics. What do you think the most wished for gift is this Christmas season? Believe it or not, it's gift cards. 59% of people just want a gift card, which might suggest very few of us are actually good gift givers. You see, it can be hard to find the perfect gift. But today, I want to talk about a gift you could give every single person you know, and it would be exactly what they wanted. What gift could that possibly be? The gift of belonging. What's up, everybody? My name is Theo Davis. I'm the digital pastor here at Restore, and we live in an epidemic of loneliness right now. Most of us want to belong, not just fit in, but to be seen and known to feel that we are accepted and valued for who we are, even our bumps, quirks, and oddities. Everybody feels a longing for connection. Even those introverts of us out there, I'm a deep introvert and I do prefer my own company and my own alone time. If you're an introvert, you understand it. But even we desire that deep longing and deep connection. Yet most of us are struggling to find it. This struggle is to find belonging has led to what some experts have called the loneliness epidemic. With so many people navigating what we've been through over the last few years, we believe it's led to increased feelings of loneliness and isolation. But the problem is that loneliness was part of our culture long before 2020. 
In fact, a 2018 study revealed that nearly half of Americans reported sometimes or always feeling lonely. Guys, that's nearly half. That means many of us watching or listening to this podcast right now are feeling lonely even in this moment. Perhaps you're feeling lonely today. Loneliness doesn't play favorites. It's something that any of us can experience. Even those who might seem to have it all together, to have achieved greatness or fame, still talk about feeling that void, about feeling lonely. For example, uh, Josh Wheaton, the director of the Avengers movie, the original Avengers movie, uh, he was quoted in saying this, loneliness is about the scariest thing out there. That's wild. Like, imagine someone scarier than Thanos. I know he didn't direct the movie with Thanos in it. Don't worry, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I got, I got you. Or what about Oscar award-winning actress Anna Hathaway? She confessed, loneliness is my least favorite thing about life. The thing that I'm most worried about is just being alone without anybody to care for or someone who will care for me. That resonates with me. Does it with you? Even the famous scientist and mathematician Albert Einstein, uh, he's quoted in saying this, it is strange to be known so universally, yet to feel so lonely. The problem with loneliness is it's so pervasive that we even took it into space. Uh, in the 70s, NASA launched twin spacecrafts named Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. Yes, I'm bringing in some uh, space stuff because I love me some planets and some exploration. Their mission was to photograph the farthest reaches of our solar system. However, when they sent the spacecraft to outer space, they also equipped them with something called the Golden Record. A record containing sounds of Earth, such as the human heartbeat, a baby crying, a dog barking. They wanted to send a message from Earth to anyone out there in the universe who might happen to be listening, who might happen to find the spacecraft and figure out how to play the record. If alien life forms came across the golden record, among some of the recorded sounds, they would hear this. That is one of Beethoven's most famous, uh, you know, what do, what do you call it? Uh, courses, melodies, co composures, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. It's one of his most famous pieces. Um, and the creative director of the NASA project said it was put on there, on this golden record, because um, Beethoven had written the German word for longing in the margins of this beautiful song. Today, these spacecrafts are still out there. They're still hurtling toward interstellar space, journeying to the farthest reaches of our solar system. In fact, I believe just recently, one or both of them have kind of gotten outside of the gravitational pull of the sun. This is a physical representation of our human desire for belonging. Now, 
during the holidays, we're even more aware of this feeling of loneliness. Even in a crowded store, amongst the energy of all the Christmas parties, our longing for connection is more than just wanting bodies around us. It's our need to be known, to love, and to be loved. That is why Jesus came. At Christmas time, we celebrate the wonder of God coming to live among us. Jesus entering our world as an infant. Who, who could have dreamed it? God coming to earth in human form. In fact, the Apostle John tries to capture the immensity of this wonder. In Eugene Peterson's translation of John's words, we read this, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like the Father, like the Son. Generous inside and out, true from start to finish. John chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus became God with us, and the world has never been the same. See, I believe with all my heart that Jesus came so that you and I could receive the gift of belonging. And today I want to illustrate that by sharing a story of how Jesus turned one lonely woman's world upside down. We find the story in John chapter 4. The story is found there because uh, Jesus has been taking this long road trip from Jerusalem and he's on his way back to his hometown in Galilee. Now, on this journey, he comes across a town in Samaria, and he's tired. I'm sure he was tired from the journey itself. After all, he's probably been walking for about 31 miles on foot at this point, and it's noontime, so it's the hottest time of the day in the Middle East. I mean, most of it is desert, so you know it gets hot there. But I also wonder if he was a little tired of traveling with his companions. Have you ever taken a long road trip at Christmas time when you were a kid? Maybe to grandma's house. Uh, and if you had siblings, chances are mom and dad uh, had that moment where they hit their limit. How many of you know you drove your parents crazy in the car sometimes? Some of you will get payback this week as you travel with your own kids. I, I wonder if Jesus wanted a little peace and quiet. Because when he arrives in Samaria, he sends his disciples into town to buy some food while he stays back and has a little alone time, maybe a little introverted time, as he sits down by the well. Now, as he's sitting there, a Samaritan woman comes to draw water. Now, this, this is an odd scene. Normally, women from the town would all travel together to fetch water. And she came at noon, the hottest time of the day, the hardest time to complete this errand. What would it have been like to be that woman living in a town where everyone knew everything about her, where she was surrounded by nothing but familiar faces, yet felt alone? But then she comes across this strange man sitting by the well, and he asks her for a drink. 
Maybe you've heard this story before and know that by speaking with her, Jesus is breaking all sorts of cultural rules. The woman herself is shocked as she responds in John chapter uh, 4, verses, uh, verse 9. You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? See, in those days, there was hostility between the Jews and the Samaritans. They didn't get along well with each other, and it went back hundreds of years. Uh, the Samaritans were actually um, a, a mixed race of people. Uh, some older, some Jews uh, back in the exile had um, married some of the uh, um, Babylonian people who had invaded them, and that was a forbidden thing within their tradition at the time. And so they intermarried, and they got some different ideas about who God was and how we were supposed to worship. And so they were essentially uh, this ostracized group of people. The Samaritans didn't like the Jews, and the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. They didn't associate each other, with each other. And culturally, a man would have never acknowledged a woman's presence in public much less speak to her. However, the conversation goes on, and it is revealed that Jesus has some insight into this woman's life that he could not have known by natural means. He asks her to go get her husband, to which she replies, uh, I have no husband. And Jesus tells her he knows that she has had, uh, she, he knows that she's, she has no husband. In fact, she has five husbands, or I'm sorry, she has had five husbands, and the man she has now isn't even her husband. Now, with many scholars, there are different views to what this actually means. Some scholars think it may be because the woman has a scandalous history, that she just goes from man to man, cheating or stealing or whatever, gets divorced and moves on. While other scholars believe that it could be that this woman was married five times and was widowed five times. If this is the case, it could be her grief that led her to pull away in isolation. We don't know. Whatever the situation, I want us to notice this. Jesus sees her. He knows her in a way that no other people know her. And being seen is, and being known is the way that this woman's world gets turned upside down. Friends, if you're feeling alone this Christmas, I want you to know we celebrate a God who became flesh and blood. In person, in the person of Jesus, he sees you today. He knows you in every way. He knows you inside and out, and he wants to turn your world upside down. Let's look what, at what happens next in the story. It goes on to say, Then leaving her jar of water, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior? Think about it. The very people she had been avoiding, she is now seeking out. She tells them, I met a man who sees me, who knows me inside and out. You have to come and meet him. Maybe even more remarkable, the people listen to her. Here's how John tells the story. 
Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. John 4, 39 through 41. As I picture this scene, I see Jesus spending two days in this Samaritan town talking with the people. Everybody wants to hear him. Everybody wants to hear the words he is saying. And do you know what else I'm imagining in this scene? I see the Samaritan woman sitting right there at the center of it all. The people tell her a little bit later, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know this man really is the Savior of the world. John chapter 4, 42. The way this passage ends is worth reflecting on, friends. Here's a woman who, a matter of hours or so before, had been a social outcast who was utterly alone. Every day she carried around baggage of her past and made sure she went to the well at a time when no one else would be around to shame or stare. But now she becomes the first person to carry the good news about Jesus to the Samaritan people. She testifies that he is the Messiah. And when they come to see Jesus for themselves, the people join her in declaring that he is the savior of the world. Her encounter with Jesus not only transforms her relationship with God, it transforms her relationship with people in her community. Imagine how things may have been different for her after Jesus left. No more isolation. No more lonely trips to the well. Because of Jesus, the one who was an outcast now receives the gift of belonging. Jesus offered this gift of belonging to the woman he met at the well. And Jesus offers that same gift to us today, friends. He made a way for us to live in right relationship with God and with others. God adopted us as his children. He is our loving father, and we have become brothers and sisters. Yes, even those of us listening online, even though you can't see me uh, if you're listening, or maybe we can't, we're not in the same room because you're watching on YouTube or our website platform, we are brothers and sisters if we belong to Jesus. We are a family in his kingdom community. But many of us have been living solo lives, disconnected from God and from each other. Perhaps it seems that the loneliness you feel will always be there. Maybe you feel misunderstood or unheard. Like the Voyager spacecraft, you might feel like you're traveling in space, carrying this message of longing and hope for connection. But that doesn't have to be your story. Jesus' gift of belonging, of being seen and known, 
that gift belongs to you. When you accept that gift, you become part of a community of others like you who are learning to follow Jesus, although we don't all learn perfectly. You may have uh, leaned into the Jesus community, got hurt by it, and retreated because of some past hurts and traumas. And friends, I've been there. I've experienced those past hurts and traumas too because it's not a perfect community. But nonetheless, it is a community that we are called to belong to. So I love that you're listening today. I love that you're dipping your toe in by watching today. The more you make yourself known, the more you can belong. It's one of the reasons I always say when, uh, when we're live, hey, say something in the chat, say something in the comments. Several of you do, and I love that. And some of you don't, and that's okay. You might not be ready to dip your toe in. But people who are learning what it means to be seen, to be known, they eventually find true connection. And that's what I want for you. So that gift of belonging belongs to you. That gift is for others too, though. God is calling you to be an agent of gift delivery. You know, Jesus says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's so true. I love when I can come around someone and help them find community, when I can love on somebody. It's such a blessing for me to give that gift. God wants you to do the same. Don't just wait around for other people to love on you, for other people to constantly wrap their arms around you. You're called to do the same for others. So even if no one's wrapping their arms around you yet, I encourage you, find a way that you as part of the church, as part of the Jesus community, because again, remember, church isn't a building. Church is a community of people. Jesus wants you to give the gift of belonging to others. At Christmas, we all know just as much as the next person that we all need a gift. We all need belonging. There's excitement and there's laughter and there's smiles when we can sit around a table together, when we can sit in a room together, when we know that we are cared for and we are loved. And that's exactly what the woman did who met Jesus at the well. Jesus saw her. Jesus knew her story, her struggles, and her joys. She asked him a big question about faith, and he responded by giving her a gift greater than she could have ever imagined. And she wasn't content to keep that gift to herself. The woman returned to her village and told the story of her encounter with Jesus, of all of her highs and lows, she opened the door for other people to receive that gift of belonging to. They could be seen and they could be known because of this woman's willingness to be seen and to be known. Because she shared this gift, others got to have their world turned upside down. The gift of belonging, it's for everyone. And we have an opportunity this Christmas season to give that gift away. Here's my question. Who in your life needs the gift of belonging? It might be a neighbor who is spending the holidays alone this year. It might be a coworker who is experiencing uh, life and family origins very differently th than you are. It might be a family member you've barely spoken to since maybe an election, a falling out, um, maybe even from your childhood. 
Offering the gift of belonging can begin with a simple text message, a simple hello, a simple invitation to dinner. Everybody loves food and some barbecue, right? It can happen when you just listen to someone's story. Friends, together, we can offer the gift of belonging to a lonely world and help people find their way back to God. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much that you are Emmanuel, God with us. You are the God who is close to us. You are the God who you say, draw near to God and and he will draw near to you. So God, we want to draw near to you in this moment. I pray for anyone listening to this message that they would just take a moment out of their day and begin that journey of drawing near to you. And you promise that you will draw near to us. God, I pray that those who have been hurt in the past, they're afraid of being known. I pray they will push past their hurts, past their pain and be known. Give give the church an opportunity, give the community an opportunity to know them and so that they can know others. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God of belonging. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.